Chapter 7 All Aboard Outside the window of Ms. Plum's classroom, the snow fell in easy swirls. Like popcorn, wrote Eric. Like feathers, wrote Dharma, working on the snow poem Ms. Plum had assigned. Like happiness, wrote Emiko. Like... But Brad couldn't think of what the snow was like, except snow. He stared out the window and pretended to be thinking about his poem. But he was really thinking about was the big snowball fight at recess. The students weren't supposed to have snowball fights. But the playground fell in a long slope towards the back parking lot. The teachers huddled by the warmth of the lunchroom doors, and most couldn't see below the slope. These fights usually involved fifth-grade boys, but Brad had joined in anyway. They put him with, they put up with him because they could pelt him, and he'd keep coming back. Brad was tough, like a Mack truck. Brad's dad said. Brad didn't know exactly what a Mack truck was, but to be like a truck was really good as far as Brad was concerned. Out of all of Miss Plum's students, Brad was the only one who wasn't sure he even wanted to get a closet animal. The animals seemed kind of babyish. Squirrels who did manicures, a talking parrot who didn't really talk like a pirate, a pooping pony. The falcon had been cool and the raven had made him laugh, but the falcon flew away and Brad sure didn't need help laughing in class. The monkeys had been the best, for sure. And to his surprise, when he turned back to his snow poem, he noticed one of them creeping out from the closet door. Brad quickly turned around. Had anyone else noticed? All the other kids were working on their poems. Miss Plum was staring out at the snow with a dreamy look. The little monkey glanced around, its eyes bright with curiosity. Brad carefully lowered his hand by his desk and waggled his pencil with his fingers. He soon felt the monkey's paws grabbing on his hand, grabbing for the pencil. Brad scooped him up and gently slipped the monkey into his pocket of his hooded sweatshirt. Glancing down, he saw that the monkey had positioned itself so it could peer out of his pocket. He seemed quite content. I'm going to call him Chompers, Brad thought. Since no one else knows about him, maybe I could keep him. Could he take the monkey out of the classroom? Miss Plum said the animals made their own choice. The little monkey had sneaked out of the closet. He must want to be free, Brad decided. Bring! The buzz of the recess bell cut into his thoughts. He shrugged on his parka, carefully transferring chompers to his coat pocket, and joined in the line, heading out of the classroom. Step one. There was Miss Plum's smiling face. Step two, there was the open door. Step three, he was out. He slipped his hand into his pocket and Chompers immediately jumped on and scrambled up his arm to perch on his shoulder. Could anyone else see him? The other kids in Miss Plum's classroom had scattered like, like what? Brad couldn't think of how they'd scattered except like a bunch of kids at recess. Brad raced for the back slope of the playground. He'd done it. He had his very own monkey. Look what I got, Brad shouted, coming over the slope, skidding and almost falling in the snow. Chompers chattered excitedly and grabbed Brad's ear to hang on. This would be like the most amazing thing the fifth grade boys had ever seen. Only they couldn't see it.
What? said Michael. A new hat? Big deal. Run! shouted Ron, heaving a snowball at Brad and almost hitting Chompers. Hey, watch it! No one's ever wanted to challenge Ron. He was the number one pitcher on the baseball team and led ultimate frisbee, too. Even so, Brad crushed some snow in a ball and heaved it at Ron. Just as the snowball left his hand, Choppers leapt onto it. Brad stared, his mouth slack, as his monkey rode the snowball right smack into Ron's chest. Then Chompers was coming back towards him atop Ron's snowball, coming straight at Brad's face. But just before the snowball reached him, the monkey pushed off, sending the snowball harmlessly to Brad's left and launching himself back onto Brad's shoulder. Chompers was chattering with joy, his eyes wild, his fur blown up like he'd touched a light socket. So Brad, dodging snowballs, quickly scooped up another snowball and sent it flying. Chompers rode with it. Amazingly, he even rose to his feet like a surfer on a surfboard. And suddenly, Brad could feel just what the monkey was feeling. He could feel the icy, crusty ball of snow wobbling under his toes. He could feel the wind whipping at his cheeks. He could feel how Chompers leaned this way and that, steering the snowball right into Ron's face. Bullseye! Ron clawed off the snow, revenge in his eyes. Brad started, Brad started backpedaling as fast as he could. Ron rocketed a snowball straight at him. Brad knew that the monkey would push it away, and Ron's best throw would never hit him. Now Ron was furious, and he waved away the other boys. This was just between him and Brad. Five throws, and it was over. Throw number one, Brad to Ron. Result, a face full of snow for Ron. Throw number two, Ron to Brad. A perfect missile of packed snow that at the last second swerved over Brad's shoulder. Throw number three, Brad to Ron. A high throw that looked like it would miss by a mile, but instead veered this way and that. Was there wind up here? And splattered onto Ron's astonished face. Result, a lot of fifth grade boys laughing their heads off. Throw number four, Ron to Brad. Another missile, a heat-seeking missile, a Brad-seeking missile. A sizzling fastball that seemed to gradually slow, landing softly about three feet from Brad and then rolling to a stop at his feet. Throw number five, Brad to Ron, a good hard throw. And no matter how much Ron ducked and dodged, the thing seemed to follow. And for the fourth time, Ron had to wipe cold, wet snow from his eyes. Ron turned and walked up the playground slope. I'm done, he said. The rest of the fifth grade boys clustered around Brad, walking back with him to the upper play yard, laughing and yelling about the best snowball fight in history. You turning out for the baseball game this spring? asked Michael. Maybe, said Brad, who hadn't been planning on it, but now, with chompers on his side, anything was possible. It had probably been the best day of his life, Brad decided on the bus ride home. He'd been a little worried that Chompers might disappear back into the closet after recess. Then he'd been worried that Chompers would disappear once he left the school grounds. But there he was on Brad's coat pocket. He did seem a little sleepy. 
but who wouldn't after rooming around on an icy snowball? Brad hung out in the room with chompers for the rest of the afternoon, but a little worm of worry began to curl and twist in his stomach. Chompers wasn't looking so good. His bright eyes had become dull. He sat on Brad's desk, staring at him at the falling snow. Brad tried to feed him a banana, but Chompers wasn't interested. He tried cheese, almonds, and Oreo. Chompers wouldn't even try a taste. Don't you want to stay, Chompers? Don't you like it here? Asked Brad. He stroked the tiny monkey's back. We could have so much fun, Brad said. Snowballs are nothing. Wait till you ride a frisbee. And that supply closet is all dark. I mean, it looks, it's not like outside, Chomper sighed. Brad swallowed. And suddenly he had that feeling again, like he was Chompers. And he felt like he was in the closet with his brothers and sisters, chattering and shrieking, happy and excited. You're the coolest thing that's ever happened to me, Brad whispered, pushing back something that might have been tears. The next morning, he hurried into class as soon as the bus arrived at school. He took Chompers from his pocket, opened the closet door, crouched down, and set him inside. Chompers immediately perked up. His eyes snapped to life. His fur glowed. Goodbye, Chompers, Brad said quickly before the little monkey disappeared. Chompers turned and stared at him for a moment, and then he gave a big monkey grin and started to scramble up the shelves towards the sound of the other monkeys' voices. Brad suddenly knew that up there, back behind the markers and the paper and the glue, was a big place of open sky, green trees, and soft, warm breezes that felt like, that felt like home. Are you okay, Brad? Brad jumped. There behind him stood Ms. Plum. I, I, I lost something, Brad said, standing up. I was looking for it. Here, I'll help you, said Miss Plum, kneeling on the floor. Well, actually, Brad started to say. Miss Plum stood back up, holding a brochure. Here, perhaps, this is what you need. Brad stared at the blue and white brochure. He hadn't seen anything on the floor. Then he saw the picture of the front. A guy launched into the air against a bright blue sky. It looked a lot like chompers on the snowball. Brad glanced at Ms. Plum. Did she know? Underneath the picture were the words, Mad Monkey Snowboarding Lessons. Ever wanted to snowboard? Now's your chance. Inside was information about the cost, times, and equipment. Brad folded the brochure and stuck it in his pocket. He'd ask his dad about lessons tonight. Brad looked at Ms. Plum again. She was busy marking some folders. She knows, thought Brad. And he said thanks to no one in particular as he headed back to the playground. He ran for the slope to the parking lot and skidded down it. A couple of fifth graders were heaving snowballs, but Brad turned and climbed back up the hill, skidded down it again, waving his arms for balance, trying to fold his feet together, feet close together. Up and down and up and down and up and down. Brad practiced until he called, the bell called him to class. On the bus, Carlos pretended to be reading his book, but he really was listening to Jeremy behind him, making jokes. Jeremy was like the funniest kid in school now. Carlos grumpily propped his cheek against his fist. 
everyone was getting something cool from the supply closet but him. Dharma still got glue in her hair, but she and Mindy and Tashala were the best friends. Eric was learning how to debate. Jovi stood taller and spoke louder in class. It wasn't fair. He did everything right. He was the best student. He was nice, mostly. He raised his hand the fastest every time. Miss Plum just didn't like him. She liked all the other kids, but not him. To get to the other side, Jeremy said, finishing a joke, and the kids around him burst into laughter. Carlos didn't laugh. He bent closer over his books and scowled. They all thought he was so smart. He'd show them. The next day at recess, he waited till everyone left the classroom. When he was sure he was alone, Carlos sneaked to look in Dharma's desk. There was a nice pile of pink bubble gum. He took one. Then he peeked in Mindy's desk. There was a note. Eric likes you. I just know it. It was signed by Lucy. When Dharma and Mindy came in from recess, he was afraid they would somehow know that he had snooped, but they didn't. So when no one else was around, Carlos started peeking in other kids' desks and going through pockets of their coats and looking in their book bags. Lucy had a note from her mom saying she needed to go to the doctor for a rash. Tashla had a picture of a horse in her desk with horse names written all over it. Eric and Brad's Game Boy. Eric had Brad's Game Boy, even though Carlos knew he told Brad that he'd left it at his house. Carlos never tattled on anybody, but he liked looking at the other kids' stuff and knowing things that they didn't know he knew. He felt smarter than ever.